Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on Buckets, Boys, and Blocks, we're talking March Madness with the NCAA tournament, ready to tip, and my Baylor Bears are number one seed. Monica, what about your squad? I don't know if there's any shade in that question, but in case you missed it, Georgetown ran the table at the Big East Tournament led by Coach Patrick Ewing. We're getting into the details on this show for sure. But Darlene, first, girl, it's March Madness. Let's run it. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former 3-and-D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome to the NCAA Tournament Edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. I'm King McClure, along with my co-host, Monica McNutt, whose team is a 12-seed and barely got to the tournament, no shade. However, my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> however my team, my team is a number one seed and i'm happy i like their path i like their way to the final four monica what are you thinking about my baylor bears right now no I, why did you start our podcast like that no shade all the shade barely got into the tournament <laughs> let me just say let me just say that i would be willing to argue that what my hoyas did is is what is what? Say it. <laughs> say it. <laughs> I can't quite bring myself to say more impressive, but it's just as impressive with their backs against the wall as what y'all did in the tournament. But y'all backs wasn't against the wall, so there was diff- there was wiggle room. Now listen. Now listen. Y'all had three good games, maybe three or four good games this whole year. <laughs> they got y'all to the tournament. Wow. We, on the other hand, had, what, 18 in a row? Then we ended up being 20 and 2? Mm. Backs okay. against, wait, hold on. Backs against the wall, coming back from a 21-day pause, beat Iowa State, lost to Kansas, which was a fluke, but then won the championship at West Virginia against a tough West Virginia, then dominated a Texas Tech team and an Oklahoma State team. I think that's kind of impressive. Did you win your conference tournament? Tur- uh, tournament? When I was in school? No, I'm talking about them just now. We won the overall. Big- say, did, you see, I, you I, see I, the shirt. It does I, not matter. <laughs> did you answer my question? Did you win your conference tournament? We didn't have to win the conference tournament. I, answer the question, yes or no. We, we could afford to lose first round and still be there. If y'all would have oh. lost first round, where would y'all have been? Out. And that's what I'm saying. Arguably, I didn't say over the whole season. I said in terms of conference tournaments, you could argue that what my guys did, Oregon State did it as well, to go from out to in, handle the pressure. Like, that's not easy. I would argue that teams that know they're good, a la Baylor, like not that y'all didn't want to win and not, not that you guys don't deserve the number one seat, but in a vacuum, 
conference tournament to conference tournament, that's hella impressive. I don't care who you are. So was were they able to beat the pressure or were they just out there playing with nothing to lose? That's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Because when you're playing with pressure, it's like, okay, I have to win. The pressure comes from me having to win. You playing with nothing to lose means win or lose, it don't matter. If we win, we can go somewhere. But if we lose, I don't care. I would say... things. Okay, that's fair then. Then I think they handled the pressure. But I think game one is probably nothing to lose because they was out anyway. But by the time you start winning a couple, then you yeah. realize, oh, we're right here. Like, we could punch this ticket. And the way they handle Crayon, <laughs> shout out to Big Pat, man. Like, this, this is... You know what? I'll give it to you. Thank that was you. a pressure. I mean, you got the number one seed, like you got all Americans and future pro, like relax. Come man, y'all got y'all got big pet, man. I mean, that's that's a fact, definitely. <laughs> okay, so we, we jumped all over our um uh rundown here, but here we go. We just talked through Baylor some. Uh, what opponent for you? I won't say. Let's just call it most intriguing. Like, what's the best matchup that you guys could potentially see coming out of that bracket? Um, that you're kind of like, ooh, let me pay attention. Um, I think the matchup that kind of concerns me the most is North Carolina, if they if they beat Wisconsin. I mean, reason why, Baylor, Baylor's guards are elite, they're terrific. North Carolina's guards have not been terrific. They turn the ball over way too much. However, their interior, they have some trees down there, and they have about three or four of them. Two of them probably play in the NBA that can scare me because the only part of Baylor's team that's just a little questionable is the interior. They're kind of, I don't want to say weak because those are my guys, but they're not as strong as the guards, I might I say. And the depth is not there. So I think if North Carolina can rebound the ball, because I think they're like top three in the country in rebound, it might be number one. So if they can rebound the ball like they did all year, I think that could potentially uh, cause a problem for Baylor. I'm not going to say they're going to lose, but it can make it a very interesting game. They could potentially see them in the round of 32. So, okay. Yeah. That's an early interesting game. Early. Early, early. Um, You know, I'm really not. I mean, I know that's your team, but I got to say, I don't know that I'm particularly concerned. <laughs> wow. About any of these teams, really. I think, I think if they run into Ohio State. Mm, yeah. Ohio State is good. I, I, yeah. good. And they're going to be I think in the Big Ten Championship, Ohio State was tired. And they still made it a hell of a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that first half, they looked kind of crazy. Ohio State is interesting to me. And something about this Arkansas team, <laughs> I, I didn't see them a bunch this year, but just kind of crunching their numbers a little bit. They get buckets. But that, but that, they get buckets. But that matchup with Colgate is going to be whoever scores the most win. There probably won't be much defense. But whoever scores the most win. But then don't, wouldn't you give the edge to Arkansas just off strength of their athletes? If we all we're going to do is have a shootout? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that. But Colgate, don't get it twisted. Colgate gets buckets now. They can fill it up with the best of them. A hundred percent. I'm not getting but, it twisted at all. But you're right. You're right. And another thing about Colgate, I was looking at, looking at their numbers. They only played like 18 games. They're like 13 to 5. So, okay, so big picture. And then we're going to jump into my the West where my Hoyas are. Do you think, because we were having this conversation about the women's bracket, I think it applies to the men's bracket too, even Baylor in particular, to a degree, particularly for freshmen, this condensed season, and depending on what was allowed if your team hit a COVID pause, has actually bought people legs and stamina and energy for now. 
Oh, I think there's two ways to look at that. I think, yes, I think one, it has because you haven't done as much work mm -hmm. because you haven't been able to practice. You haven't been able to um, play those games. So yeah, in a sense, your legs are fresher, but on the flip side, you don't have that experience. You don't have that court time that you need in order to be ready for March. So it could honestly work out either way, one or the other, but that'll be an interesting factor that comes into play. Um, I know I'm super curious to see how that plays. And I, again, I've talked to so many coaches that are like, not that it's anybody's best guess, but because this year is so unusual, they don't have the handle on their team. Yeah. All right, Georgetown is in the East. Let me correct that. They're not in the West. All right, their first round matchup is against a solid number five Colorado team led by McKinney Wright, who's a terrific guard. Mm. I actually was keeping my eye on this action with CBS over the weekend. Colorado's a good team. I think yep. more than anything for me, when I look at this matchup, I'm swinging with Uncle Mo, a.k.a. Momentum. And I think the Hoyas are playing good ball right now. Um, and 5-12 historically is one of our favorite upsets. You know, I, it's hard. McKinley Wright, to be honest, I'm going to throw this out here. He's probably the best guard to ever come from ever come through Colorado since Chauncey Billups. Mm, okay. So that kid is good. And Colorado is a good ball team. Um, but you're right. I mean, I feel like everybody's riding that whole momentum wave of Georgetown, which, I mean, I see why. But Colorado is good. I mean, like, don't get it twisted. Colorado can get to play. And arguably, I might make the case that they might be one of the stronger five, five seeds in the tournament. As when you look at the 5-12 matchups. They might be one of the stronger ones in the tournament. So I, I, I don't know. The momentum is of Georgetown is definitely something to take into consideration. But I, I, I'm kind of favoring Colorado right now. I'm not mad at you just because the tournament, typically guard play, is where it's at. And yeah. if I had to choose between Blair, who's like kind of like an off guard, whatever, um, Harris, the freshman, who had a great tournament, like, but he's a freshman. Yeah. Um, Wright has the experience, but that's like, okay, now, but I want you to talk these five seeds. Your five seeds are Creighton, mm -hmm. Colorado, Villanova, and Tennessee. I yeah. think he's a stronger five seed. Personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I, if I had to go, I'd probably go Tennessee, Colorado, Creighton, then Villanova. Right. Agreed. Because I don't, I don't think Creighton is, is, is as good as advertised. You know, I thought that Creighton was going to be unified and double down coming off the whole plantation thing. Yeah. But I think, gosh, I just, Donnie Marshall on FS1 made a great point during the Big East Championship about how emotionally taxing that ultimately was for them. And while I'm not mad at how dominant my Hoyas were, like Creighton never showed up in that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Zigarowski. I think he's a good point guard, but I just, I'm not sold on the Creighton, on the Creighton, on Creighton got the name of the, the mascot but it's definitely been a down year for the big east i saw it on them so yeah however right. hey wait wait however the other 512 matchup winthrop and villanova is going to be upset I, i'm calling it I, i'll put my money on that one winthrop is going to beat villanova so i feel you winthrop is really good villanova is down two guys Gillespie being a huge part of that. But something about Jay Wright in March, I'm not ready to call it. Mm. Because I think, I yeah. think <laughs> to your point of, you know, legs, 
Jay Wright is such a great coach. And the big kid, I want to say Robinson Earl, but I think I might be messing up his name. Robinson Earl, yeah. It is Robinson Earl. Okay. Um, I think that when you lose your star point guard, then everybody has to kind of contribute by committee. But you also get to see a different side of people's repertoire, if that makes yeah. sense. And that can be a disaster or it can be like, oh, I didn't know you were capable. And I think in one game, like, give me one, I think they can handle it. Now, they might get dropped the next round because, you know, whatever. Adrenaline and they just don't have the matchup anymore. Um, but I'm still I'm still riding with Villanova in that first one. Yeah, but it's almost kind of like you're playing without Colin Gillespie, who was an All-American guard, who is your floor general, who is your team captain, your team leader, basically the heart and soul of your team. He provided so much for that team, not just offensively, but defensively. The kid is very talented. Uh, so I think when you lose, it's almost kind of like, I mean, I would compare it to like Baylor losing Jared, but in a sense, <laughs> Baylor Baylor has way more guard options, way more, way, way better guard options uh, with Davion Mitchell being All-American and Macy Uh, So, I mean, it, it's just going to be tough. Like I know Jay Wright's a great coach. He's a hell of a coach, but it's going to be tough for, for Villanova to, to pull that off, especially Winthrop against Winthrop when they're 23 and one. I mean, they're in the big South, but they took care of business every single time they played, except that one time. And it wasn't by like close margins. It was probably by at least double digits almost every single game. So that team is talented and they're going to come ready to play. They'll be motivated. I got went through. Okay. But just schematically, you think it's easier to slow the game down or speed the game up? It's easier to slow the game down. Okay. So to me, and I haven't double-checked Winthrop's size on their roster, if Villanova is able to slow the game down and play through Robinson Earl, to me, they're going to be, they'll, they can, they'll be okay. Like if but, you see, and, but you see a lot of times when you look at these, with, look at these upsets, the lower seed, the team that upsets the other seed normally slows the game down. Because like you said, you made a great point. Um, we're doing the thing for undefeated. Make sure you go watch that. But you made, <laughs> you made a great point uh, when you said that the teams who they can't compete with the athletes because like the lower seeded teams can't don't have the athletes to compete with the higher seeded teams. And that's a true fact. That's why the lower seeded teams typically tend to slow the game down and try to control the pace because you control but the I pace. Know, but I, I don't know if that's been true in recent years though, King. Think about it. Like I think back to <laughs> Lehigh Duke, right? Like yeah. running with them Batman's as you know, they just whatever. Yeah. Um, BCU, that they didn't slow that down. Like I'm trying to think, well we didn't have a tournament last well, year. All right, when you look at Lehigh Duke, look at the team that look at the Duke team it was. It was like wasn't it like Kyle Singler? But but but, but I want you to think about yeah. mid majors that get the upset. Like Norfolk State had Kylo Quinn who was a pro, right? Yeah, like that was a big deal. Um, when UMBC ran, that was the exact opposite when UMBC beat Virginia. Like they're they're, Virginia. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, I don't know that that's going to be true in this case. And I probably need to look at the height, height and size of the bracket and the matchup. Yeah. But I don't. I think a slower game in this instance would favor Villanova. I mean, probably it could. I can see where you're coming from, but I, I don't know. I just think that Villanova has better athletes. So I think slowing their athletes down kind of hurts them in a sense. It kind of holds them back, kind of like puts a restraint on them because they're not able to go. I think that's what kind of makes and so, but that this team is good. Like, we're totally going on a, off on a tangent, though, because this is what I, I don't like that we do or analysts do. Slowing the game down to me is not not playing with pace or pop. 
It just means that we're far more deliberate. If they got an opportunity to run the floor, of course they're going to run the floor, right? Get out and transition. But what I'm saying is they're not going to look to get into a foot race. But if they get down in their offense and it's one or two quick snaps, like you're going inside, outside to Earl and back out to a shooter, like that's what I'm talking about. I'm just saying. So wait, when you say, when you say slow the game down, you mean playing the right way. Is that what you're trying to say? Basically, it's not going to be a foot race. It's not going to be a foot race. If they have the opportunity, fine, they're going to do it. But yeah. they're not going to, like, they're not going to get up and press them, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> like shoot, or shoot the ball in, like, the first five to ten seconds. If the if a good shot is there, they will. But it's I'm eight. talking, but, yeah, but I'm not, I'm talking, it won't be, I don't see it being a crazy high scoring, like. Because I, I think there's, like, multiple ways to slow the game down. When I think of slowing the game down, I think of Virginia. Like, I, I, that's no. the first team I think of. I no. think of Virginia. And I don't, that's not what I'm saying. I'm okay, saying, I, I get think, what you mean now. I yes. think, okay, so maybe I should change my verbiage. They're going to make it a much more deliberate game in terms of exploiting matchups. Okay, okay. I like, yeah. I think right there, yes, I agree with you on that 100%. Because like what I was thinking, like, let's run our sets. Let's make sure we work it down to at least 20 seconds. Then we're going to shoot under the 20, between the 20 and 30 second mark. And then we're going to get back on defense, get stops, and do the same thing over again. I don't like that. I can't watch that. Texas Tech kind of sort of does it. Um, hard to watch, to be honest. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Not that much. But I think that they will be very deliberate, specifically about their defensive calls, whether it's zones to protect people against fouls or when they decide to play man. And then in their, their half court, like if James Robinson Earl is having a day, like put him in a pick and roll, get to him on the block, like whatever it's going to yeah. be. But make it, give it some snack, crackle and pop. Um, but also just have the right amount of patience. Mm. Um, okay, so we got on, a, we went on a rabbit hole with that <laughs> a little bit. Uh, let's talk playing games a bit because we got real, we got blue bloods in the playing games. Huh? Yeah, now that that's a little crazy. I remember when I first saw that, when I first saw Michigan State UCLA in a playing game, I was like, but this has to be a typo. Like this cannot be right. No way these two teams are in a playing game, but they are. However, Michigan State is not a bad team. Michigan State is a good team. And I actually have them beating UCLA then beating BYU and making it to the 32, where I think they're probably running to Texas, I think. I'm not 100% sure. I think they're going to run to Texas, though. Is that correct? Wait, hold on. Who you say? Michigan State. Yeah, so I got saying Michigan State. Oh, that's the wrong bracket. Yeah, and then BYU's that first game, and then, yeah, probably Texas. Which, depending on what Texas team they run into, they could honestly – shock some people and get to the sweet 16 go from a playing game to the sweet 16 because after that it might get a little tough but i think that this michigan state team is good they've beaten they beaten Iowa. no not Iowa. i think they have been Iowa though. but they they beaten illinois and they beat michigan this team is good and they're going to surprise a lot of people Izzo and also Izzo is like one of the goats if you put them on like they had a Mount, Mount Rushmore of college basketball coaches. Izzo space is going to be on there. So, I agree with you. I actually think I gave them the nod over Texas in my um, And then it gets a little tricky for the Spartans. But they've got three guys that have Final Four experience, you know? Like, Izzo's a Hall of Fame coach. Um, right when they started to get hot, their SID actually used to be the SID at Georgetown, Max Carey. And I texted him, and I was like, dude, what's going on with your squad? And he's like, grit, determination. Like, Aaron has really stepped up and as a yeah. leader and not just as, as a scorer. 
Um, and again, they've got three guys that have been there, done that. And I think this year, especially not having done it last year, it's going to go two ways. Either you will relish the moment, appreciate it, and be prepared for it, or there's going to be a sense of urgency that causes folks to be sporadic and make decisions that <laughs> they have not practiced, right? And so I'm leaning on the pedigree for the Spartans. But I'm not mad that they're in a playing game. It's that kind of year. Like, Duke's not in the field at all. Neither is Kentucky. It's that kind of year. Mm. A little spicy. A little spicy, a little spicy. <laughs> all right, so we talked through our upsets. Any other upsets king you got your eyeball on willing to predict predict put a little money down. are you are you betting can we, i don't i don't gamble i don't really gamble either i, I, don't, I don't have enough money to play with that but I'm, I'm more so like dang I, I don't want to put my money on something that's not in my control you know also <laughs> do you remember the ncaa gambling videos they actually terrified me like i'm terrified that i'm going to <laughs> become a degenerate gambler <laughs> my first bet and then like because i'm a competitor i'll like lose my whole life so, yeah, they they used to literally sit there and make us watch this 30 minute video <laughs> before every NCAA tournament. Um Bruce Gaffney, that, bracket pool is fine, but I, I've not 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 gone to a sports book and put any money down because I'm terrified. I'm, I'm dead. Look, there's like two other matchups that I'm actually really concerned, actually really considering taking. One in the West and the other one I don't I think it's in the might be in the South. North Texas and Purdue is my first one. So North Texas Purdue is in the South. That's a 13-4. Yeah, South, 13-4. So North Texas and Purdue, shout out to Coach McCaslin. Grant McCaslin recruited me. He was my coach at Baylor, assistant coach at Baylor my freshman year. Then left and took the North Texas job. I got his guys beating Purdue because I'm not sold on Purdue. I wasn't even really sold when Carson Edwards was there. Mm. But now they have no Carson Edwards. Yeah, they got that tall Jaden Ivy, Leo Ivy's son. Woo! They got the tall beast down there. But I think North Texas might be able to get them. New, new dudes compete on the defensive end. They play a similar defense to Texas Tech, which is actually pretty interesting and makes it really hard because they take a lot of charges and force everything to the side, which really don't see much. So I got North Texas over Purdue in the South and in the West at 413. The team we talked about earlier, Virginia versus Ohio. If you do not know the name, Jason Preston, I promise that might be a name that you want to remember. Somebody, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just heard this. I was reading an article. They compared this kid to LaMelo Ball. Huh. They I'm not saying I did, but I was reading the article the other day. I forgot who said it. But they compared the kids to the Melo Ball. The kid is good. 16, he averages 16 points, six rebounds, and seven assists. I watched him play uh, Toledo in the champion, not the championship, in the game before the championship in the MAC. And that kid had like 29 and 10, like the kid, 10 assists. The kid is amazing, right? The kid can really play, has a great feel. Kind of sort of gives you the Melo Ball vibes. I wouldn't say he's the next Lamelo, but he'll be in the NBA. So he's the kind of guy that could get hot and drastically improve his draft status through the tournament. Yeah, I mean, Jay Billis has him, has Ohio, not just beating Virginia, but winning that next game too, getting to the Sweet 16 because of that kid right there. I mean, the kid is good. Um, well, you know, Jay Billis, Jay, Jay be knowing. <laughs> Jay be knowing. It's funny because I, I was very tempted. I might even take an Ohio in one of my brackets. Um, but no, I didn't. Actually, I decided not to because I feel like if any team 
is keyed in on terms of upsets. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but I will say exactly. in that same bracket, this Creighton University of California. Oh, UCSB. Yeah, that I was like looking at the stats on those two teams because I haven't seen the 12 seed play, UC play, but I just Creighton limped in, limped through the Big East so badly, like so badly. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Um, so that's one that I'm keeping an eye on a little bit. And I actually think Oregon State versus Tennessee, same thing as Georgetown. Oregon State coming off um, a very impressive showing in their conference tournament. That one's a little bit juicy. I did ultimately go with Tennessee, and I have Tennessee winning three games in the dance. But Why are you um, tripping on that one? Why? Tennessee has been so inconsistent all year. I mean, at one point, they were ranked – they were almost top ten. And they fell out the top 25 and they jumped back into the top 25. They just been that's, so inconsistent. That's this year to me. I don't like, I get it. No, <laughs> no. You cannot blame inconsistencies on this COVID year. You 100% can. No, you cannot. Because if you look at the good teams in college basketball, they have not been inconsistent. So there's like four teams that have not been inconsistent. And, and, Baylor, those, like, and, those, and those four teams will prevail. Okay, so it's four out of 68. Like, I'm not tripping over teams for hitting a little bit of inconsistency. My team was terrible. Then they won three games consistently, and they got into the dance. Like, it happened. Like, it's, I'm not tripping. I think Tennessee gets Oregon State and gets Oklahoma State. As much as I love Kate Cunningham. Are you tripping on that one? Before. I know, but I'm just going YOLO. Whatever. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, Got to show the women's bracket some love, because you know that's where my heart and soul is. Uh, your Baylor Bears are very good, and I mm -hmm. think – a very tough two seed. I think Maryland is the tougher two seed, mm -hmm. but they're a terrific two seed as well. I got Maryland winning it all on the women's side. My final four, in fact, we just had a graphic made for ACC Network. Where's my graphic? I got Stanford, Maryland, Baylor, and NC State. Ooh, hold on. Wait a second. No UConn? I got Baylor taking out UConn. Ooh, why? because of their size, because of their athleticism, because Melissa Smith is really good. And as much as I love Paige, I am, I'm not, I'm not sold on her supporting casts. Mm, that's like, I think interesting. this is the first year that they've only had one All-American. And Kristen Williams is really good. I think Evina Westbrook is good. Olivia Nelson Odota is, is great. But to me, UConn doesn't have the same continuity or athleticism that Baylor has. So Monica, how much of a factor is Gino Ariema having COVID going to so, be in the tournament? So I didn't think that this was a big deal at all. And then Shay Ralph, one of their assistants, also left Indy or San Antonio because of COVID precautions. And so now they're down to Chris Daly and Jamel Elliott. Chris Daly, if you talk to anybody that came through the UConn program, is really the glue that keeps it all together, right? Mm -hmm. She knows the head coach, but she's the associate head coach. She maintains player relationships, player development, the whole bit. Um, I'm not concerned in the first two rounds for them, but I hope we stop getting news about COVID-related issues with UConn. Because at this point, it's like, okay, if, if head coach is gone, you lose an assistant, like, are they 100% confident in their contact tracing that all the players are good? Like, it just becomes a mental thing. Yeah. I imagine they're fine through the first weekend, but then when does Gino come back? When does Shea come back? Like, how does that go? So, uh, yeah, but I'm taking Baylor out of that region. Ooh, there we go. My Baylor Bears get into the championship, but it's the final four. 
Uh, I got him in the championship, but losing to Maryland. There we go. See, we do it on both sides. We're going to be in both national championships, men's and women's. That's what I'm we do. We, we raise champions at Bailey University. I'm not even going to hold you. That's super lit. Like, I remember <laughs> being a senior in high school, and Sports Illustrated did the cover with the with teams that had, like, really good on both sides. And at the time, Pitt had Shavante Ellis and Jawan Blair, maybe, that went to Dewan, the Dewan Blair. Yeah, Dewan Blair. UConn had, like, Tina and somebody, Kimbo, or it might have been Maya and Kimbo. It might have been my freshman year. And it was one, it was Duke, I think Duke might have been on the cover. And I want to say Michigan State, maybe. Um, but I thought that was, like, the dopest thing, to have both of your programs be elite in the same, like, I just thought that was so fire. So, yeah, shout out to Baylor. That's what we do, man. Then don't make me go down the list of all the sports because we all top 25. Look, all I'm saying is Baylor University, we raise champions. So if you want your child to be a champion and you listen to the show, send them to Baylor. Wow. I don't know that I would ever, ever want to exist in Waco, Texas, but you know, y'all doing y'all thing in sports. It's cool. Look, that's why we're so good at sports because there's nothing to do in the Waco. Yeah, the winner caught me in Waco. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you on that. All right. Um, so from what I understand, both tournaments will have some fans. Um, but just on a logistical level, King, three weeks potentially in one hotel in one place. Well, I guess you're moving from regions within the same state, but there's not a lot of other things. Could you handle it? No, I'm I'm a social butterfly. I mean, I, I like to uh, just be free, not really be constrained or confined into a hotel room At, for three weeks, for four weeks. And I'm not getting paid, like at least in the NBA. Like, you know, I bet I got to sit in this hotel room, but I'm going to make like probably 10 million off of this season. Like, so I'm cool with it. And plus I got enough money to where I probably got a whole bunch of things with me. Probably got like five game systems. I got everything I need right now to keep me company. However, you're in college, focus can be, all you have is your team around you. Ain't no way. Three weeks, count me out. Like you wouldn't go? Or what do you mean? Or like you would mess up the quarantine and be sent home? <laughs> I'd never mess up the quarantine and be sent home. All so, I'm you saying. You just said count me out. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean that you would not out, Which means if I was in, I, I don't think right now. If I was in college, of course, I'd have no choice but to do it because I wanted to win the championship. But right now, looking looking back, no way I'd do it. So not at all. Um, well, I just packed my nail polishes and my favorite books. Man. <laughs> the movie, like, you do what you got to do. No, it's not you do what you got to do. No, that's, this is why we, we see NCAA players should be paid. I don't want to go down this tangent, but this is why NCAA players should make more money because you're trying to basically force them to be in hotel rooms for a month. Hmm. I mean, they should have been making money before this. So I'm all in on the NIL for sure. We we both are in on that. But it's just been a crazy, crazy year. Again, on that note, though, I truly commend, applaud, appreciate not just the players, but of course the players, coaching staff, training staffs, administrations. Uh, so much has gone into getting us to this point this year that, I, you know, for real, we should take a moment of silence for all that we lost and all the sacrifices and the whole bit. Like, this year has been incredibly taxing, and so I applaud these young people. 
Monica, we didn't say who we had winning the tournament on the men's. Oh. Okay, go. Me first? Who's first? Ladies first. All right, so I actually have in my final four, Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Alabama. Yep. Baylor. Yeah. West Virginia. Tripping. <laughs> You're a hater. Uh, championship. Baylor and Alabama. Champion. Baylor. Monica. Whatever drug you was on this morning. Show <laughs> me some of that. <laughs> All right, you go. <laughs> Monica out here smoking, Bruce. Why? Um, <laughs> it's the tournament. We don't know. Whatever. First off, first off, first off. Gonzaga, no way. They're not getting to the championship. Gonzaga is just that I good. I put him in the championship. Team. I put him in my final four. Yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no way they're not getting to the championship. That's what I oh, mean. Okay. They're too good, right? So I got Gonzaga. I got Alabama. I like that pick, Monica. Mm-hmm. I got Baylor, and then I have Illinois. I mean, Illinois is just out for blood. They are trying to seek vengeance on Baylor because Baylor beat him earlier this season. And Io is that good. I had to So I have Baylor beating Illinois. I have to go with my guys. Then Gonzaga and Alabama. Gonzaga. So Gonzaga versus Baylor in the championship. Yeah. I'm going with my guys. I was about to say, wow, are you about to do this? Are you about to do this? Thought about doing it, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm going with Baylor. And it's Illinois, not Illinois. I don't know why I keep saying Illinois, but Illinois. You but mentioned yeah. the Ellen Salmon too, so it's fine. I know what you meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also have a bracket in which Georgetown wins it all that I haven't actually submitted to anybody, but in my heart. <laughs> Bruce, I told you. <laughs> she over here tripping this morning, Bruce. <laughs> it's kind of early in the day for Kool-Aid, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she over here tripping. Now back to our favorite segment. My who's tripping was obviously Monica and some of the things she You're said. You're a hater. <laughs> I'm just what you know when this March Madness, McNuts for Madness magic hit. Just, uh, just McNuts, McNuts for Madness. That's corny, man. Come on now. <laughs> look, but look, the real who's tripping this week. You know, I'm going to do this. But Bruce, the producer, Bruce, has something to say. And I want to hear it personally. So, Bruce, who's tripping this week? I think the NCAA and the TV partners might be tripping because this whole Michigan State UCLA play in for the number 11 seed. And you could also, you know, throw the other side in there, too. But particularly those two teams, I see this as a very cynical money grab to get people to watch a play in game that most people normally don't really watch. I mean, some people, obviously, hardcore fans, but UCLA and Michigan both have pretty much national followings, right? So a lot more people are going to watch that game. And if the purpose of the play-in games is to give, theoretically, the 65th through 68th best teams in the country a chance to make the tournament, you're playing in for the 11th seed, which means that you're saying that the winner of that game 
is better than five teams in their own bracket. And then you can multiply that by four because there's, you know, so you're saying that the winner of that game theoretically is better than 20 teams that's already in the bracket. And to me, they're tripping because that's just such a blatant grab for money. In my opinion, know what you all think. Heard you, big Bruce. There we go. <laughs> um, I heard you. I will say that more than anything, your point about that seating line being 11th rings home for me. I didn't think much of them being in a playing game because that's the kind of seasons that they had. Syracuse easily could have been in that playing game, in my opinion, too, which is still another. It still would have been a money problem. grab, though. Huh? It still would have been a money grab, though. If they put yeah, Syracuse right. in there, too. Right. But in a year in a year where Duke and Kentucky are not there, I didn't think much of Blue Bloods in a playing game because that's the kind of seasons they had. But the point about the 11 seed, Bruce, is a very good point. It's almost like we're rewarding you because this is a tournament caliber game. So we're going to give you a better seed, which is that's a very good point, Bruce. All right. Thank All right, you, guys. <laughs> Every so often, right? <laughs> now, hey, Bruce always comes with the points for sure. Came with another one. So you heard it here first. NCAA is tripping. That was dope. It's time to wrap things up for this week. Thanks to our producer, Bruce Bernstein, and to our editor, Kristen Woolley. Please check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows. Mike Wise each Monday, Full Court on Tuesday, Catch and Shoot 2.0 on Wednesday, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks on Thursday, and the Pure Hoops podcast on Friday. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. This is the year that we put an end to this pandemic, but we are not there yet. So please protect yourselves and others by wearing a mask, washing your hands, social distancing, and being considerate. If you're a nurse or a doctor, thank you, because you are a real one, for sure. So, until next week, Monica, I actually did this last week, and I was so happy to do this for the first time ever, but I'll give it back to you. That's not the first time ever. You act like I treat you like a terrible <laughs> That's not true. This is okay. not I'm, I'm, the, I'm the second option, but anyways. You can do it. Fine. You can have it. So <laughs> I, just, you I, will, I, like, I like it better when you do it, Monica. So look, <laughs> until next week, Monica, here's the alley Whatever your bracket has, Godspeed, good luck, and enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.